All right, here we go. Welcome to Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. First show of the year. For those of you who are tuning in, um, just wanted to say Happy New Year. Um, hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. Uh, we did put out a short two-minute um, video sort of giving an update on the show uh, and then sending, uh, of course, our thoughts and you know prayers out to, to DeMar Hamlin. And we'll, we'll get to that uh, in a minute. But before we get rolling, um, Sam, Happy New Year. Um, how, uh, how has your January, 2023, uh, started? Well, let's, let's go down the list. Started with a new car. Woo. Congrats. Yeah. 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 Big time purchase. Then went into, um, I had the flu immediately after. Mm, nice. Um, and as I was getting over the flu, I got pink eye. Oh, beautiful. Um, so I was pretty beat up there for a long time. I think that's why we're going audio only to this episode because you don't want to see the grossness and the pus emanating from my eye <laughs> so before we before we circle back and we'll, we'll circle back to pink eye story but sam just uh mentioned that we're going audio only so a uh, quick announcement about the show um due to uh, how busy sam is and how busy i am and um just sort of life getting in the way we have decided to uh, go back to just being an audio only podcast so for those of you listening on spotify apple podcast um, or wherever you're tuning in from oh, this will continue uh in the audio version for anybody who was watching our show on the youtube version we're going to discontinue that at least for a while not saying we're not going to come back to it but we want to upgrade our equipment we want to make sure we have everything that we need to make sure it's still at the highest quality possible that we can uh and then due to obviously like i said you know our schedules and um you know work and school it's just it's not feasible at the moment but we still want to keep doing the show um so in order to help with consistency and quality, we are just going to be um, an audio-only podcast going forward uh, with the hopes of returning back to YouTube eventually. So with that out of the way, let's circle back to uh, grossness in the eyeballs. So when <laughs> – Just one eyeball. <laughs> right. It wasn't plural. So I have only ever gotten pink eye once. And that was, that was in boot camp. I had a, I had, we, we were doing like push-ups in the dirt and I had a drill instructor run over to me and, um, he just like kicks dirt in my face. And then the next day, um, I woke up and boom, I had pink eye and I had never gotten pink eye before in my entire life. So my first experience with it was actually at boot camp. How, how bad did your pink eye get? Oh, my, my right eye was completely red. Yeah. Like there was, there was zero white. Um, I didn't even see it because it was one of my early morning shifts. So I didn't even look in the mirror or anything beforehand. And all of a sudden I was in the bathroom and I looked and I was like, Oh my God, my eye looks awful. What is, what is wrong? And I'm already like seven hours through my shift. Um, and then all of a sudden my manager comes over and is like, Sam, do you have pink eye? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't but it wasn't itchy that's like the big thing right pink guy right like it's that's supposed to be like you can't it's supposed to be hard to um not scratch it i didn't even notice that yeah it was red or anything yeah that's interesting like I, when i woke up i couldn't even open my eye because of all of like the like liquid yeah. that was sort of like glossing over the like so sorry to get the, gross for everybody crusted, but yeah, like <laughs> crust, crusted over. yeah so it was like going over the sink and then like sticking my eye in the water trying to like flush it out and um, apologize if you're, you know, eating anything at the moment, but, <laughs> um, yeah, so that was, that was my first experience with, uh, first and only experience with pink eye. So well, flu, pink eye and a car. So, yeah. And then I had, um, back-to-back volleyball tournaments where I'm yelling every single play directing. It's like directing traffic almost. Mm-hmm. You go here, you go here. It's the yelling, the company with the whistle, with the pointing and the, no, you go here. No, no, no. Right there. Like over, move over two feet type of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I just lost my voice so quickly. So we're off to a, uh, what would you say? Out of, how'd you rate your start to the year out of 10? I mean, the new car was nice. Pink eye, not so much. Flu, not so much. Well, Volleyball's you know fun. The new car doesn't even count. Cause I think it was on the 29th. Oh, <laughs> um, so I mean, we're off to, it's probably gotta be a two out of 10. Two out of ten, got it. The flu is no joke. My feet, I got to a 104 fever. 
Yeah, and that was that was directly after we went to the Kings game. So I, I ju- like thankfully I missed um, that. Uh, and Ben, I think missed your infection. <laughs> yeah, you could say that Kings fever really hit me hard. Yeah, yeah. After, after but at least, games. but it, you know what made it worth it though? You got to see the beam not once but twice. Twice in person. And then it happened, they won again when I was in Sacramento, but I didn't go to the game. And it was, um, it was un, uncharacteristically foggy mm-hmm. in the area, too, um, while we were down. But that beam is every, it is literally just a light that goes straight up in the air, but it is everything. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I can't, I can't explain it. I, I was, I was making the joke to, to you guys when we were there that, you know, it just feels like one of those things that if a reporter walked around and, you know, they were asking everybody post game, what, what does that beam mean to you? Everybody would just kind of look up in tears and go, hope. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 it's just because honestly, you know what? Honestly, it kind of does symbolize hope in a weird yep. way because the Kings have been so bad for so long that having that beam mean that they won. I mean, and to have it actually be something that this season, you know, it's it gets so frequent. Yeah, if it gets gets lit frequently, it really does in a weird way mean hope. That's our Superman symbol right there. I mean, that's yep. that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, and I think it's another another word I'd use is is pride. Um, that's a big thing that Sacramento proud. I think has been their yeah. moniker a couple of years, but I think every Kings fan has really latched onto it. Oh yeah, I mean even even people that aren't fans of the the Kings, I've heard so many of like, oh you you guys saw the beam? Like did you see the beam? Like so many people in the area even know of its existence and know um, its kind of infatuation with it. Um, and that that downtown area is is just so lit up. It's so different from when I was down there in seasons past. Um, just when the Kings are winning, this this city just is smiling. It's like a, just a nice shiny ray of sunshine. Yeah, it really it really is a lot of fun, and um, I mean, it, like we said, it gets lit pretty frequently now, which is nice. Um, so it, I'm glad it wasn't one of those things where they decided to do that, and then they only won like ten games throughout the season. So yeah. Um. All right. Well, you know. With your start to the year, my start to the year got off a little bit similarly, a little, like, I guess. Um, I, uh, I right now am potentially dealing with COVID. Um, our cat, our indoor cat, who never goes outside somehow, got fleas. So we've been dealing with that. <laughs> um, my, my car light for um, a service popped on about 3,000 oh. miles early. Um, oh, no, the anxiety. So, so that, was, that was great. Um, don't know what, don't know what that's all about. So yeah, I'm right there with you, but an interesting start to, uh, to 2023. Oh, and I was at drill for five days, which, you know, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy being a Marine and all, but five days of drill. I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> um, Love protecting the country and all, but right. I mean, come on. Well, that's, 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 I mean, that, that's a lot of drill. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know if I can give myself a two out of ten. But I think I'll give it like a four, maybe. The fleas really have been just horrible, but it, it seems yeah. that we're on the upswing from that. So, all right, well, we've got a packed show that we got that we have for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the Kings, a little bit about the playoffs. We might touch on the Raiders, but there really only is one place that we can start, and we're not going to spend too much time on it, not because it's not important at all, um, because it really. Honestly, it's probably the most important thing uh, that we could, you know, talk about on this show. Um, mm-hmm. However, it has sort of, in a way, reached its conclusion uh, with the happiest outcome uh, and the best outcome, seemingly, that, that you know, we could have hoped for. And that's the DeMar yeah. Hamlin story. So we never really got a chance to share our two cents on the whole thing. And, again, if you've been following the world of sports, if you're listening to this show, I'm, I'm sure you know our – infinitely aware of what happened with DeMar Hamlin. So we don't necessarily need to recount the events. Um, But, you know, Sam, obviously this was a story that sort of shook. I mean, not just people in the world of sports, but just everybody who, I mean, 
I, I don't it shook everybody. It just seemed it didn't seem like there was anybody that I knew that wasn't aware of what was going on and it didn't hit them uh or impact them in some way. So, you know, just your thoughts on on the incident with DeMar Hamlin and uh I mean the tra- I don't even want to call it an incident, the tragedy that happened with DeMar Hamlin and thankfully um you know him being released from the hospital. Yeah, I mean we almost saw someone die on my live TV. And I think you don't really prepare. I, we, I think the it's always known that football is a dangerous sport, but I don't think it's ever felt like it's life or death. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, literally, you're putting your life on the line um, with a car crash happening every single play. But, but this was was different, right? It was it wasn't a crazy collision. It was a pretty, a pretty common collision between two players, and then all of a sudden. Um, it just, I, I don't even know how you could describe what, what happens, but the, the feeling of really not knowing if he was okay or not, how his, um, how he was progressing when he was at the hospital. Um, I think that was the biggest thing for me. I mean, I remember checking my phone hourly hoping for updates yeah, on his progress, and I think it took. It definitely wasn't that night that there was any like positive. I think that's when we got the breathing tube update, and it was like, oh man, is he going to be put in a coma? Like, um, and then I think the whole next day we didn't get anything, and it's just that waiting of man. I just he's got to be okay. Like he he just has to be okay, and you're. I mean, I'm getting. Jenna obviously is is so into um, the medical side of it, and she's like, "Well, I mean, his he wasn't getting oxygen to his brain for a pretty lengthy amount of time. Like, that's gonna have some repercussions on it. I mean, that it, it's just not it's not gonna be perfect, right? Um, but I think we got sort of best case scenario coming out of all. I mean, it seemed like it, he progressed." pretty quickly from waking up to writing to talking to um, remembering I mean even all the events that happened um, and then be of course being released what was it today uh, it wasn't today we're, re- we're recording uh, Tuesday uh, January 10th but it was it was just like it was very recent within the past like day or two yeah. I mean, I, I just, and I, I think it's, it would do, it'd be doing, it'd be disingenuous to the show if we were to talk about anything else other than he is the biggest, that is the biggest sports story of this year. Oh, yeah. And... No doubt. And I'm such a big, like, sports purist, but I mean, that even took me out of it. It was like, no, I just want to hear about DeMar Hamlin. Like, yeah. I just need to hear about that. Um, and if we're talking about anything else, talking about home field advantage, who who should have won that game type of thing, that doesn't matter. It, it's a game at the end of the day. Um, I'm just glad we got best case scenario. Yeah. I was actually, I was actually talking with uh, Jenna when it happened. Like we – um, we were texting during that time and it happened while we were talking and she immediately texted me and she was like, did you see that? And I was sitting there and I was just kind of like glued to my TV and I texted her back and I was like, yeah, that was, this is terrifying. And I actually, I called my parents and they had actually recorded the game. So when I called them, they, they had no idea. They weren't even there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like they had just seen, like the hit had just happened. And I said, okay, well, let me save you some time because they're still on the field. And then I had to explain everything to them. Um, and while I was doing that, I found myself getting, I honestly, I actually got emotional a little bit when I was explaining it to them, because like you said, I mean, when you go, we all, we all know that football is a, is a dangerous game. I mean, that's well-documented. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, when you go play sports and you go whatever sport you you go out to play, you don't think that you're not going to be able to come home, you know, after the game is over. Um, and to me, even though this was such a tragic event, 
to me, the biggest thing about this story is the biggest thing about this whole thing is I think overall, now that we've sort of reached our conclusion to this and we have a resolution, uh, to me, this is a, a story about just really good people. Mm-hmm. One, one, you know, obviously it starts with DeMar Hamlin, um, who everything that everything that had been reported about DeMar Hamlin just made him, and I, obviously we've never met the guy, but he just sounds like he's an absolutely great human being. Um, and so, and him being able to recover as quickly as he did, just showing how, I don't know, how strong the human spirit can be sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And then to the doctors who got there immediately and immediately started saving his life. Um, to, you know, the Bengals players um, going and visiting DeMar Hamlin. To uh, the Bengals coaches going and visiting uh, DeMar Hamlin. And I got to give credit to the NFL for canceling the game and realizing that, hey, there's no way we can continue this game. Um, his foundation surpassed i'm looking at an article right now six days ago surpassed eight million dollars in donations um the goal was originally 2500 um i believe demar hamlin's mom called t higgins and you know who was involved with hamlin on that play and you know Mm -hmm. told him you know basically told him that this wasn't your fault um and to to not to not think that the family is going to hold this against him in any way, shape, or form, to to the world of sports, just sort of coming together for this guy. To me, this this story is about good people, um, about great people, the best people, um, and yeah, I mean, the outcome that we have got from this story is, I think, about as good as anyone could have hoped for. So, whether or not he ends up playing again, who knows? And that's really not that important. Um, the fact of the matter is that he has left the hospital and at least as of right now appears to be all good, which is um, incredible. So, I mean, oh, and then not even that. I mean, we also got to we also have to point out the fact that in the Bills game um, that happened this past weekend, the opening kickoff, they returned for a touchdown. And then I believe they immediately walked over and gave that ball uh, to the, to the trainer who saved Hamlin's life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just in such a tra- for such a tragic event, it, the story really has so many good people involved in it. And I think that is, I think that is one of the most incredible things to me about this whole thing. Yeah. It really gives you a lot of, a lot of belief in humanity. Um, when we're able to put aside all the other stuff that, potentially is important and say nope that's that's not important anymore it's about saving this person's life and keeping that person the respect and i mean keeping the person love i think that's tomorrow hamlin's got to be the most beloved figure in sports right now yeah yeah (laughs) i mean that's he deserves it yeah dude fought for his life yeah yeah it was uh an absolutely unprecedented event um, and hopefully it's something that we never uh, we never have to see again. You know, we and not not and that sounds selfish. We like no anybody ever has to go through again. Oh yeah. Um, so so I mean I mean I don't know what I don't know what more you what more you or I could say about that um, that hasn't already been said. Uh, it's very um, yeah, but so we've we've had this. I think it was one of the first conversations we had. Um, for the podcast period, um, letting our kids play the oh, sport of yeah, football. that's right. But yeah, does this sort of change that? I mean, it could have happened. I theoretically, I, I guess it was. It's pretty. Um, it's happened in baseball. It, it could happen in any context sport, really. Um, but I, I mean, how globally? Like how? publicized this was is it going to have an impact on um football's ability to continue i guess i think it will and let's just let's just butt this up against what also happened on that same field earlier in the year with tua Mm -hmm. i mean think about think about the two like and i'm not gonna i mean obviously demar what happened in demar hamlet was the biggest injury that has happened and i don't even know if you if it's appropriate to call it an injury um but 
for lack of a better word, I'm just going to call it an injury. So yeah. his injury and then Tua's injury, and I'm sure, guys, there have been injuries throughout this year that are, quote-unquote, worse in terms of, like, like physical damage that you can see, like breaking a forearm or, um, like, snapping your knee is, is Man, one of those I'd things rather, where, like... I'd rather snap my knee than hurt my head. No, and I no, I'm not, <laughs> I get that. I get that. But what I'm saying, and I, I'm not... I'm saying, like, visibly more than anything yeah. else. And so, but in terms of, like, um, a shock factor... Like, and what, and the reason why I point out the visible stuff is because when you, when you watch somebody break their leg, you can go, you, yeah, it might be a little bit, you might be a little squeamish about it because it looks bad, but you know, okay, his leg is broken. But when you watch Tua fall down, stand up, wobble, and then kind of fall back down again, and you know that, okay, there's not a clear injury that I can see. So now we immediately start thinking about internal stuff. So that becomes more of a shock factor, I think. When you see when you see a guy wobble as he gets up, as opposed to something that we've probably all seen in somebody breaking their leg. Not trying to diminish the importance of it or anything, but and then you have the Demar Hamlin thing happen, which was of course extremely shocking for a lot of people. You have two injuries on national television that have really been like huge shock factor level injuries for a lot of people. And I think this season and those two injuries are going to play a huge role in whether or not people let their children play football going forward. I, I, I can't think that it won't. Yeah. I mean, the only difference I think is the way um, people, I think put blame on the two situation on the NFL. I don't think anyone, blames the NFL for what happened to Jamar Hamlin. I think that was just no. such a freak incident. Um, it's like a such a low probability of that actually happening um, and the severity of the hit, but how they handled, I think it's actually complete polar opposites. I think the NFL is getting praised for how they handled yeah. um, the subsequent aftermath of the Jamar Hamlin and they were getting destroyed through the um, the concussion doctors and all the things that cleared Tua, but I guess the protocol wasn't very good or followed very well. So then they had to just all the things that went into it. I mean, I I could see like because how much um, attention it got, there could be people that were that aren't big football fans that could see that and like, oh, a player almost like almost died on a football field, just mm-hmm. taking it from there could be like, a, you know, that's, that's enough for me. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess we're never really going to know um, mm-hmm. until, until, well, I got, I don't know if there's any real way to track that other than maybe doing like a national survey. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I don't, I don't know how anybody would ever really find that out, but um, it certainly is something that of course is going to come up um, over the next, I would imagine a uh, couple of years for, for a lot of parents. So, um, all right, well, it's never easy to pivot off of something as heavy as talking about um you know, an injury and an incident such as uh, DeMar Hamlin's. But before we move on, obviously, um, you know, to DeMar and his family and everybody involved, you know, we thoughts and prayers to everybody involved. Honestly, I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but really and truly um, condolences to everybody that was involved and praise to everybody who helped um, DeMar Hamlin and, and, you know, for everybody who donated to that $8 million um you know, charity fund. That was, that's amazing. So, um, all right, well, let's, let's move off of that. Um, again, never an easy thing to transition. So, um, we have, we have some NFL playoffs that we have to get to. Um, Mm -hmm. last weekend was the final week in the 2022 NFL season. So the playoffs are here. The brackets are set. In case you are unfamiliar with what the matchups are going to be this upcoming weekend, I will read them to you. So I'll start on the AFC side. The two and the seven seed is the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. So Mm. that's a very interesting game, mainly because, one, division opponent, but two, um, that game got played earlier in the year, obviously twice, but the one in Buffalo 
that game was amazing. That was an amazing football game. I think the score was like 32 to 29. I think Buffalo ended up winning that game um, like, like right at the wire. So if we get anything like that, uh, we'll be in for a good game. The three and the six game is going to be Cincinnati and Baltimore. Remember, that was the game that may have had potential conflict with where home field was going to be played, but because Cincinnati won last week, it doesn't matter. Um, Cincinnati's a three seed. Baltimore's a six seed. And then when I th- I can't get a gauge on the four and the five matchup. It's going to be the Chargers and the Jaguars. That game is going to be played in Jacksonville. We'll talk about that played, one. They played earlier this year. Yep. Yep. So I, that's the one to me that I can't get any sort of read on. So out of any of the games being played this weekend. So let's move over to the NFC. We have your San Francisco 49ers playing the Seattle Seahawks. Again, a division mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have the... Minnesota Vikings playing against the New York Giants. That's a three and a six. And then we have the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. So interestingly enough, three of the six games being played are uh, are teams that play in the same division with each other, which I just find very interesting. So would you like to start on the AFC side or the NFC side? Um, let's go AFC. I think it's a little more interesting. All right. So if you could rank these games – Ooh. Between most and least interesting, how would you rank these games? Um. Oh my gosh, I almost. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I watched twenty twenty three. Um. So you got you got Buffalo, Miami. Yep. Cincy, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And what's the last one? It's. Uh, oh, Jags, Chargers. Yeah, glad to know you were listening to me. Well, no, I just... <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> so I think most interesting is Jags, Chargers. I agree. I 100% agree. Um, and to me, it's because both quarterbacks are healthy. And I think both those teams are, like, closest in level to each other. Like, I li- really don't know how that game could go. You could just simply say, well, Jacksonville blew out the Chargers earlier this year, so they probably are going to win that matchup again, or Justin Herbert can just put that team on his back and the Chargers end up winning that game. Yeah. I don't – I mean, so this game – this is the night game on Saturday. Um, And, I mean, like I said, it's the one that I don't have a read on more than any of – like like if I were to bet money on these games – this would be the one that I would probably avoid putting money on because I just don't – I'm not entirely sure. I so wholeheartedly would like the Jaguars to win because, you know, screw the Chargers. Um, but, I mean, what a fun matchup. Like you said, between between quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. I mean, that's a great young quarterback matchup in, in these playoffs. It's – I think I think right now I'd have to give the upper hand to the Jags. I know they didn't play their best game against Tennessee. Trevor Lawrence certainly didn't. But I don't know. Playing down in Jacksonville is hard for a lot of teams for whatever reason. Um, that crowd, the climate, which isn't going to be playing that big of a role, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um but, I mean, I think I'd have to give the slight edge to the Jags um, in this situation. Let's pick these games as we go along as well. Which, uh, which, who are you riding with on this one? Um, I'm going to take the Chargers. Uh, I like both teams. Um, I think both teams really are a good story. But I kind of want to see the Chargers move on. I think they'd make a really interesting matchup um, later in the following week with another team. Just with all the names and star power that they have. Yeah, I think they – I can't agree – I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. I think they would be an interesting matchup going into the following week because they whoever wins this game is going to play Kansas City. So I haven't, having the Chargers and the Chiefs, while that would hurt my heart as a Raider fan, um, <laughs> that would be an interesting matchup. Um, having I, one of those teams make the AFC championship. Yeah. Um, Oh, you know what? I'm just remembering. <laughs> I can't pick the Jaguars. I picked the Chargers earlier in the year to, I think, go to the Super Bowl. Oh. So, I can- <laughs> so, so, so while I just 
was saying I'd give the edge to the Jaguars. Okay, well, you know what? I can still give the edge to the Jaguars, but pick the Chargers. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I do, I do recall the Chargers being my Super Bowl pick um, from the from the AFC, which God did not age well. But um, I, 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 I mean, couldn't tell you who I picked. I think it. I think it stood out to me so much because I just it irked me while I was doing it, um, and I was sort of banking on everything working as opposed to going with what I know would probably work in Kansas City or Buffalo. So I took a little bit of a, a risk on that one. Um, but, yeah, I can't, I can't double back on myself. So, um, all right, so what would you say would be the second most interesting game in the AFC this weekend? Um, I'm going to go Cincinnati-Baltimore. Um, oh, Lamar, Lamar should be playing. Um, and I think it all just depends on how healthy he is. Because he is just that good. He is that good of a talent that that game might be pretty close. Yeah, so one day ago from the Baltimore Banner says John Harbaugh has no update on Lamar Jackson's health. So if he plays, then, I mean, that game obviously becomes infinitely more entertaining, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I can rank it at number two until, you know, I'd have confirmation that he was playing. And I think part of the reason why I'm diverging from you here is because I've seen, I saw that Buffalo and Miami game. You saw it as well early in the year. Everybody did. Um, That was the like to approve it game. And I mean, he played so well. I know he's going to be, I mean, I mean, I guess here I am talking about Lamar Jackson's health. I'm not even sure Tua Tungavailoa is going yep. <laughs> to be playing he, as well, too. He has not been confirmed. Um, so, okay, if both quarterbacks are out, then yes, that Baltimore-Cincinnati uh, game will and what's be... what's the point? What's the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If both quarterbacks are playing, I would think I'd probably lean slightly towards, towards the Buffalo game. I don't know. That's tough. They're very um... close. I would I would lean towards the Buffalo game. Yeah. Um just because Miami's beaten them and played them super tight. I can't well, I think Baltimore has beaten Cincy early in the year as well. Um but we only saw we only saw one game against between Lamar and Joe. We've seen two between Josh Allen and Tua and they're both really good. Um and it kind of just seems like Miami at full strength can match up with Buffalo. Um, so um, I, I went, I went back um, on their schedule and the Ravens did beat the Bengals 19 to 17 um, in ooh. week five. It looks like ooh, that's a good game. Yeah. 1917. <laughs> Turn back the clock. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think those games are really going to hinder on, um, on the health of the quarterback in saying that what would be your two picks for these games? Um, I'm going to go the favorites. I'm going to go Cincy, Buffalo, either, even if um, both QBs for Miami and Baltimore are healthy. Yeah, I agree. I, the, with just due to the fact that the quarterbacks are in, yeah, I mean, even if they are both healthy, they're both going to be coming off of a pretty big stint of not playing. So there's not even a guarantee that they're going to be, you know, sharp um, mm-hmm. in those games. So, I mean, what uh, here's the thing whatever the matchup is going to be in the weekend after this i mean it's going to be crazy if it ends up being buffalo cincy that'll be outstanding and if it ends up being like either the i mean who knows the chiefs have been so good i mean <laughs> but um but like a chargers chiefs game i think would be really uh, interesting as well so um yeah everything is going to hinder on uh, on the health of the quarterback so let's pivot mm-hmm. to the NFC, where the one team that you're concerned about the health of the quarterbacks in the Eagle, in the Eagles, is uh, they have a bye. So everybody, everybody else, uh, they've got their quarterbacks uh, healthy and ready to go. So let's start with your San Francisco 49ers. Um, mm-hmm. Just want to get your thoughts on that game before we start ranking uh, which one is the most entertaining. Because obviously, I think we know which one you're going to go with first. Um. Well, I, I don't think this is the most intriguing matchup um, just because San Francisco's, I don't want to say dominated 
Seattle the last two, <laughs> um, but I don't think they've been super close games. I just don't think – I just don't see Seattle matching up super well. Um, it's nice that this is going to be in San Francisco. It'd be a little scary if it was in Seattle um, just because of the, the way that crowd can really change the momentum of a game. Um, but if if the Niners can get on them early – I think that defense can really play well with a lead. They're they're crazy good. I mean, your team is crazy good. Yeah, I mean, when you add Christian McCaffrey to a already team that I was thinking he was going to make the Super Bowl, it's really not fair. You got to thank the Panthers. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, is Brock Purdy going to be your guys' quarterback next season? Um. Dude, if I mean, if he doesn't lose, <laughs> I'd like to still see Trey Lance. Like, can I just see him? Right. <laughs> can I see him for more than a start? If if uh, Brock Purdy takes you to the Super Bowl, would that be enough for you to say, bring him back? He, he's, he's the guy next year. But what's to say Brock Purdy doesn't have like a Mac Jones kind of sophomore season? You never know. Um, I guess it's a little different because they're not really asking him to do a lot. Nope. Um, compared to Mac Jones, but like, well, why can't Trey Lance have the kind of success Brock Purdy's had? Yeah, and that he's just more athletic. It's gonna—you guys are gonna have a very interesting question <laughs> uh, to answer. <laughs> or you could trade Trey Lance and a pick for Justin Fields. Hey, or you could send uh, Trey Lance to Vegas. Wow. You for, know. for what, a box of chocolates? <laughs> I mean, it appears that we're going to be shipping our quarterback out of there. So, I mean. I think that'd be good for, like, Bonte. Honestly, I think I think that'd be bad for Trey because I can't confidently say that McDaniels knows what he's doing as a head coach. Ooh. So, <laughs> so, and I, I hate bad-mouthing these guys i really do because in all honesty they're a million times better at their job than i am at anything but it's just one of those things that like oh god we're not gonna talk about the raiders um a heck of a truck driver hey you know what (laughs) (laughs) it's a van (laughs) it's a a van (laughs) i'm a good trainer that much i know okay Um, but uh I don't know. Um, all right. So you ranked I, I asked you the questions for what you thought were the, the most interesting games. Um I'll I'll go first on this one. I actually think the most interesting game this weekend for the NFC is actually the Vikings and the Giants. Oh um, nope. I think that's my Sorry. pick. Sorry, and, try again. And the reason why is because the Vikings have been so hit or miss. More more often they hit, but man, when they miss, they like miss, miss. Um they um their offense has been outstanding for the most part obviously they have crazy weapons they're they're a really fun team to watch and i think if they're firing on all cylinders they should probably obliterate the giants but here's the thing they really just never seem to always be firing on all cylinders and the giants the giants are one of those teams that they the reason why they're here is because they've just played really 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 hard and that you can count on you can count on that when in, in the playoffs. You can count on uh, grit um, and sort of the will to be there um, to kind of to kind of carry you through a little bit. And Minnesota being this flashy offense, which isn't always there, I feel like they could be in for a bit of a sucker punch from the Giants. I mean, I think I think this game is either going to be one of two things: either the Giants are going to win a close matchup, or the Vikings are going to blow them out. I don't think it's going to be. Anything other than those two scenarios? Um, I I think the Viking Vikings win close. Um, the Vikings are the better team, but I don't think I've really believed in the Giants all year, and they've surprised me, proved me wrong at every single turn. So I'm going to give them a little bit of credit, and I'll say that Minnesota wins close. Uh, well, if that is not your most interesting game of the weekend, uh, then what is? Oh, it's got to be Dallas, Tampa Bay. Really? Um, what what kind of Tampa Bay team are we going to get with Tom Brady in the playoffs? Does he really just flip the switch in Dallas? 
Um, that team, after they blew out Minnesota, um, beating Philly, doing all these things, uh, we were like, oh, Dallas might be the number one seed. Dallas is going to be poised. They're definitely going to win a, num- a uh, playoff matchup and then laid a stinker against the Commanders. And again, the, the Commanders weren't even playing for anything. Yeah. What what Dallas team are we going to get? What Tampa game team are we going to get? These these two teams played in the first weekend of the NFL. Can they really take any any information from that game? Not really. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's the best quarterback matchup of the entire NFC side. Uh yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um I was gonna I was gonna say, hey, Gino's been playing well, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean pretty- Gino has? No, Gino definitely has, but I mean Brock Purdy hasn't thrown a pass in the postseason yet. That's true. That's true. Um all right, so I think for me. I, I I I mean yes I feel like that game is interesting. I just I don't know. Part of me want part of me sides with the divisional matchups. I think that some there is something about teams who know each other infinitely well um, that intrigues me. So I think I'd have to go Giants, Vikings, Niners, Seahawks, and then Cowboys, Buccaneers. Which I think I, I honestly think the game that's probably going to rate the highest this weekend is going to be Dallas Buccaneers because one, it's the Cowboys and two, it's Tom Brady. But to me, to me, honestly, that is my least, honestly, hot take. That's the least interesting game of the weekend to me. Oh, uh, honestly, no, I, you're not going to catch me watching giants Vikings. There's uh, no way I haven't, I haven't watched a single giants game and I'm going to keep it that way. <laughs> Well, and I guess we're no, we're not going to talk about that game the following week. Oh, probably not. <laughs> oh, did you get that catch that Giants game? Nope. Oh, they lost. Yep, that sounds about right. Oh man, well that's rough. Um, I mean, the NFC side could be in for very interesting round two as well. I mean, if you if you think that the Cowboys are going to win, Eagles Cowboys, that'll be fun. And if you're going to side with the favorites uh, on the other side um, of the. NFC bracket than Minnesota and San Francisco. Gosh, talk about two polar opposite teams. Um, that that would be really interesting as well. So, I think the playoffs this year have a lot of really interesting scenarios that could happen um, in terms of who wins, who loses, what matchups we get. I, I do think that this field. I think everybody in this field deserved to be there. Maybe mm-hmm. not the maybe not the Buccaneers, <laughs> um, but Tom Brady. <laughs> they tried their hardest not to be. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady uh, maybe makes up for that a little bit. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's a team here that, uh, you know, you look at and go, God, why, I mean, why are they here? Like anybody else would have been better. And I, I don't know if we have that. So well, I don't I know how Baltimore made it. What Lamar Jackson missed five weeks? Uh, something like I mean, yeah, he's been out for a while. Like that is incredible that they just coasted to the playoffs. After yep. he missed, and, and that just shows because they were leading that division before he got injured. Yeah, they're a good team, man. Put no, Lamar they, Jackson back on that team. They're a good team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's pick these games. Who you got? Um, give me Dallas against Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't know why. I think they have the higher potential to kind of play a little bit better, but it's really going to depend on Dak and if he shows up. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to. I mean, both of these teams. You could say which team are we gonna get? Bucks or like which Bucks team? Which Cowboys team are we gonna get? I f- I feel like that question is um, out there for both of those teams. I agree, though. I think I think I'm gonna go with Dallas. Um, I'm not actually super confident in it, actually. Oh gosh, um, no. But uh, I don't know. They've been the better team all year, and if they play to their peak then i just they're they're better from top to bottom so yeah um i don't really have to ask you about the 49ers game um no nah, niners are winning so and i'm not gonna pick against the niners until they lose i'm not gonna pick against them i mean 10 10 game winning streak my god um and then the giants vikings i mean i think i'm i think i'm not confident in the pick but I'm going to try to will it to happen. I'm going to pick the Giants because I want it to happen. Not necessarily because I'm overly confident in it, but because I just want to see it, you know? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see it. Um, they would then go to Philly. 
Um, um, for sure. No, they'd go to. Um, no, they go to Philly. Oh no, they would go to Philly because um, they'd be the number. Yeah, yeah, they'd go to Philly. Yeah. Um, so again, division game. It would be cool to just see something different. I I just feel like it just feels like all the favorites are going to be poised to win. Yeah. I I can't see a scenario where um they're losing. I we I mean we both point picked um Dallas, but I feel like Dallas is the favorite in that matchup between Tampa Bay cuz Tampa Bay has just looked awful for most of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I think I agree with you. Who's the who do you think the favorite? Well, let me look up who the favorite was in the in the Jaguars Chargers because I actually don't know. Um, um, I think the Jags are favored by one and a half. So that's just right. because they're at home. Yeah, it looks it looks like they are favored. Yeah, not by much. Um, no, actually, I have. No, actually, I have the Chargers right here at minus one. Okay. At least on. At least this is this is coming from uh, uh, si dot com, uh, fan nation, and it looks like it's from Sports Illustrated Sportsbooks, and yeah, it says point spread Chargers minus one. They put the over under on forty seven and a half points. I think I'd go under for that game. Oh, you think? Yeah, I think I'd go under for that. In all of my betting wisdom. I think uh, no Mike Williams, essentially, um, because he was was helped off the field last game. That'll kind of hurt definitely the Chargers, but hurt that game as a whole. Yeah. If he's unable to play. Right, right. Well, if if the Bengals and the Bills win – and then the Chargers win. That's going to send the Chargers to the Chiefs. Um, yes. And I think, honestly, ugh, I think I'd be rooting for them from a fan but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. Well, super, super excited for the games this weekend. Games happening on Saturday and Sunday. If you've got nothing going on this weekend, then good. You'll be entertained um, from, mm. from beginning to end. Uh, I, unfortunately, work Saturday, so I'm going to miss – um, at least two of the games, unfortunately. But I'll be back for the Chargers-Jaguars game, and that's probably, like I said, the one that I was most interested in on the AFC side anyway. So uh, lots to look forward to. Uh, let's pivot from the NFL, and we'll close the show with a little bit of Sacramento Kings talk, who just beat the Orlando Magic like 55,000 to a little um, – yeah, it, was it, like, was, it wasn't close. Yeah, it wasn't close. They set a franchise record – 23 three-pointers, um, which honestly seems – like I was looking at that. I was like, has Steph done that in like one game? I don't – like it felt like a low number. I um, 23 didn't seem like a lot. I don't, um, but, uh, I mean, they did it. Um, they actually shot 50% from the three-point line. They were 23 for 46. Um, so they were, they were heaving them Ooh. left and right. Um, Kings needed this win. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to say it. The, the the games previously, losing to the Lakers by two, God, that hurt. And then losing to the Hawks by three, that one hurt even more, I think. Um, they, the Lakers one hurt. I mean, yes, it did hurt because the Lakers. But, the, I mean, they were up on the Hawks at the very end and just, like, fizzled it away. Um, they, had a, they had a home stretch here where – I mean, I texted you and Ben. I said – they need to at least go five and two. And I mean, so far, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, it's not, uh, not been great. <laughs> yeah. It's not, they've, it's, it's just, this was a big opportunity for this team. Cause we thought they were better than all these teams, at least playing better. Um, and that Lakers loss. I mean, if you just play, I don't know, five more possessions of actual defense, you easily run away with that game. Um, but it was a glorified layup line. Yeah. For most of that game. Well, and the reason the reason why I said they needed to go five and two is not because they had a seven game homestand, but if you look at the teams that they're playing, Hawks, Lakers, Magic, they have the Rockets back to back, Spurs, Lakers, Thunder, all of these teams have losing records. 
Mm-hmm. Like, when you're playing in the Western Conference, so rarely, I mean, or in the NBA in general, but I'm just pointing out the fact that the West is so overloaded with good teams. The schedule very rarely gives you a little bit of a breath, um, a little bit of a break when you're, like, you look at your schedule and go, oh, God, man. I mean, we have we have the Grizzlies, and then, you know, we immediately play the Pelicans, and then, oh, man, here come the Clippers, and then you play the Nuggets, and then it's just like it never ends. But to have seven games where you have losing uh, records uh, on the opposite side of the court, it's you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're saying. I mean, luckily they're they're still holding strong at the fifth spot. Um, do we think that's realistic that they'll actually hold there till the end of the season? Probably not, because I feel like the Clippers are probably going to come on a little bit strong at the end. Um, I have a feeling that they might pass them. I don't know what to make of the Suns. Um, and I feel like the Warriors are another team that would be primed to pass them. I think the Kings are probably going to end up somewhere in the six to eight range. That would be my guess. Yeah. Who knows, though? I mean, <laughs> well, as long as they make it, if they make it into the eighth seed, stay, stay with me here. If they make it to the eighth seed and they go into the play in and lose what both matchups. Yeah, I think they would get two games at that point. They were to lose two games and then miss the playoffs, but be the eighth seed. I might tear. I might shave my whole head off. Yeah, at that point, because that doesn't count as a made made playoffs. Might uh, give yourself pink eye again. Uh, well, I might just do that unwillingly. Who knows? Might <laughs> put it in the other eye. Yeah, I. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was, I was praising on this show last year, praising the plan. I said it added entertainment. It was a good idea, yada, yada, yada. However, <laughs> if the Kings do miss the playoffs this year because of the play-in tournament, because of the format, if they are the eighth seed and they don't get in because they lose some games in the play-in, yeah, I'm going to be living. I- I'm going to come back and say the plan is the worst thing ever. I'm just, I mean, I'm going to be a fan about it, but um, uh, yeah, I, it would be, it would be hard to swallow if they were one of the eight best teams and just somehow found their, found themselves outside looking in. Yep. It really would be. And I don't even, this year, Honestly, I think part of the reason why this year has been so fun is because it was a little bit of a pleasant surprise. I mean, not not that anybody, I think, if you're a fan of Sacramento, thought that they were going to be bad. I don't think anybody thought they were going to be bad. But if you were telling me that basically halfway through the season, they would be the fifth seed in the Western Conference, I don't think anybody would have predicted that. Yeah, it's just so weird because they're only, what, three games over 500? Uh, yeah, they're 21 and 18. Um, so I just I just need them to get away from there. I need them to stay way above 500. They need to get a couple more wins here just to make me feel better. Because I just yeah. I just have this feeling as soon as they get to a spot where they get back to 500 or get under it somehow, they're just not coming back. Yeah, they need to continue with this positive momentum that they have as a franchise and as a team um, somehow. Yeah, I think their best shot is they're going to have to be like at least five or eight games above 500 by the time All-Star break comes. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can afford to be one or two games above 500 when the All-Star break hits. I mean, not that I don't think 42 and – I mean, 41 and 41 could get you in because at least by the way that the records are looking right now – uh, it probably could, but there's also a chance that 41 and 41 would put you at the 11th seed. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's weird because right now the Jazz have 20 wins and they are the 11th seed. The Kings have 21 wins and they're the fifth seed. Um, now I understand the Jazz have 23 losses and the Kings only have 18, but like again, 41 and 41, right at average, is a weird number because it. I mean. I can see a scenario, like I said, where that puts you in or it puts you literally at the bottom. <laughs> Let's just get to 40 wins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice to see. 
<laughs> it would be nice to see. Um, Let's just do that. Also, I got to say, um, I've been loving the uh, KZ. KZ coming off the bench. His play mm-hmm. has been outstanding. I want to give him some praise because he just adds such a – I mean, him and Davion together are, is just such a good defense. It's just combo. no offense. Just no offense right there. It's not no offense. <laughs> um, but um, the, the, one thing, the one thing that the Kings absolutely need is defense. Like, they, their defense has been abysmal the past yeah. couple of weeks, unfortunately. Um, for, I'm not necessarily blaming it on anybody per se, but collectively I think they would even agree that their team defense is just – it hasn't been great. Um, and if if we're talking about a world where the Kings are going to make it into the playoffs, they won't win games if their defense is, is, is as bad as it has been over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, I don't, I can't really name a below-average defender. They have a lot of average defenders. Like, I think Monk's an average defender. I, I'd like to think Fox is an above, is an above-average defender, but maybe, yeah. maybe not. Um, Trey Lowell's might be a little below-average, but, like, they don't have any awful defenders. No. Um, but Mike Brown talked about sort of the mindset of this team when – when they get scored on, their immediate reaction is, oh, we got to go score on them on the other end. And he was like, no. Like, good defensive teams, when they get scored on, they're like, that we're not letting that happen ever again. Right. Type of thing. So it's like sort of just a different mindset that this team has to have. Um, because they – and we've known that. As soon as the pace was such a talking point, it was like – well, who cares if we just got scored on? We can send this ball up the court and we get an automatic fast break and we score on the other end. Right. That was sort of the mentality of this team for a couple of years now. Um, but Mike Brown's saying all the right things. He's awesome. I'm so glad he's our coach. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty awesome. I'm so glad he's our coach. Um, well, I mean, with the schedule going forward, I mean, I read it. I read it off just a few minutes ago. They have very winnable games in front of them. Um, we're recording this Tuesday night. Uh, they play tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow on the 11th against the Rockets. They have back-to-back uh, games against the Rockets, which is nice. so weird. That's the, twice that that's happened to them with the team. They played uh, Denver back-to-back earlier, um, and we were at that second one. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That was the, the most fun basketball game I've ever been to in my entire life. Yeah, the um, Utah one was actually pretty fun too. Yeah, it was outstanding. So, I mean, fingers crossed for the Kings going forward. Um, I mean, as fans, I mean, we're just enjoying the ride. Because, I mean, we're like I said, and I'll close it with this, you know, we talked about the schedule right here, giving them a little bit of break. Well, after they're done – they go on a three-game road trip where it's um, the 76ers, the Grizzlies, and then the Raptors. <laughs> um, so, mm. bing, bing, bang, boom. The three-game road trip against three really good teams. They could lose all three of those games. They very easily could. And then they um, – uh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me back it up here. They're actually – sorry, that those are home games for them. Either oh, way, good. it doesn't necessarily make that much of a difference. Um, <laughs> but uh, still, I mean, the opponent doesn't change. I mean, that those three games, those, that's a rough three-game stretch. <laughs> so. Yeah, they haven't. I don't think they've beaten Memphis. Uh, they might have beaten Memphis once, but Memphis is a tough matchup. We've already talked about Philly as a tough matchup. Um, they lost to Toronto last time. Or no, they they bear, that was They like a, squeaked out a win. Yeah, it was Fred Van Vliet versus Fox in the fourth, right? Yeah, that was that game. Yeah. Um, man, it's it, nothing comes easy for this team, except no. for that that last win against Orlando. That was pretty easy. That was pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's wrap it up. We're we're hit we're hitting our hour mark, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I just want to say uh, for everybody who uh, who sticks around and listens to the entire show, we really do appreciate it uh, going into the new year, hoping that the audio change is going to make it um, so that we can be extremely um, 
efficient and consistent uh, with this show um, because it'll take less less time to get them out. So thank you all so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we, we hope you had a wonderful Christmas, uh, had a great new year. Um, we hope you haven't gotten the flu, COVID, pink eye, or are dealing with any fleas. Um, car trouble. Car no. trouble. Yeah, or mm. that. Um, so enjoy the football, and uh, we will see you all for sure next week. See ya. Adios.